like to start this morning by um, revisiting a koan from the Book of Serenity, which I've talked about before. I think maybe my first Dharma talk that I ever gave, maybe first or second. So some of you may have heard this koan before. But I think the Studying the Shinshin Ming now um, in the context of this retreat it gives this koan a, a new <laughs> resonance. So this is case 25, Yang Guang's Rhinoceros Fan. So here's the case. One day, Yang Guang called to his attendant. Bring me the rhinoceros fan. The attendant said, the fan is broken. Yangwen said, if the fan is broken, then bring me back the rhinoceros. The attendant had no reply. And then the last sentence, uh, Zifu, a third person, drew a circle and wrote the word rhino inside it. So the teacher wants their fan. Maybe it's warm in Zendo or it to brush away flies or something. And the attendant said, the fan is broken. Which I interpret, I interpret that response as, I can't bring you the fan because it's broken. Okay, if the fan is broken, is there something else besides that that you can bring? For example, the rhinoceros. And the attendant had to reply. This is, uh, this koan is kind of unique. A lot of the, the koans end with uh, uh, one of the people had a flash of insight and they were enlightened. Um, but this one just kind of ends with a, uh, a continued kind of dumbfounded. <laughs> had no reply. The fan's broken. There's no way I can source a rhinoceros at this point. <laughs> I can't do anything. So the Jisha the is paralyzed. <laughs> I'll talk later about the circle with the word rhino in it. I think it's very difficult to uh, maybe reveal 
confess brokenness to another. If we can't be perfect, sometimes we just shut down. Or suffer in some other way. Last night, as I was preparing for this talk, I was back in my room, sitting on my bed. I had the Shobogenzo out, Book of Serenity, my notebook. And I was really, uh, there's no way I'm going to finish this talk. It won't be ready. I don't have anything. And then I was, uh, you know, I kept coming back to my second pair of lines that I chose from the Xin Ming, which uh, kind of rescued me, and they rescued me in this very moment. If you can be like this, why worry about not finishing? <laughs> <laughs> I actually fell asleep with those words. If you can be like this, why worry about not finishing? Uh, the translation by Richard Clark, which is what Mu Song uses for his commentary. To live in this realization is to be without anxiety about imperfection. Another translation, no more worry about not being perfect. So this felt like really good news last night as I was uh, uh, worrying about not finishing and worrying about not, be, about not being perfect. Um, would it be okay for me to show up with a broken Dharma talk? incomplete fan. Of course, it didn't, it didn't just say, don't worry about not finishing. It says, there's the first half of this, which is the kind of crux of the, of the question. If you can be like this, what is, what is this? What is be like this? directions are right before you. The smallest is the same as the largest in the realm where delusion is cut off. The largest is the same as the smallest. No boundaries are visible. One is everything. Everything is one. So for me, this, what the this is, if you can be like this, is referring to what we've been talking about uh, 
all of us have kind of po been pointing to in the in the talks during the retreat, which is um, not holding on to fixed views. So if I can let go of an idea of perfection, which is all that it is, it's an idea of perfection against which I end up uh, measuring myself. If I can uh, give up the idea about what finishing, completing the talk will be, then I'm in a very different uh, relationship to the task of preparing a talk, giving a talk, responding to questions. All the energy All the energy that was normally, which was previously um, bundled up in uh, holding the view up, maintaining the view, is now liberated. And I noticed in, in I had to do this over and over again. It wasn't like, oh, I, I, I'm not worried about finishing, now I'm relaxed. I had to keep returning to that line and keep practicing letting go of the view, letting go of the view, feeling what that felt like, not holding on to the view. And then moving forward and um, And it was okay. Because in, in at that moment there was actually nothing to worry about because that was the worry was hitched to the view. And as the view that the grasping of the view dissipated, uh, that specific worry uh, went along with it. And doubt, too. I had all kinds of doubts. Can I talk about the rhinoceros fan? I already talked about the rhinoceros fan earlier. That they'll think I'm cheating or something. <laughs> Can I use it? But no, it seems apt. But and I was just that flipping and vacillating. Um, and then I released that. Why worry about not finishing if it can be like this? And and then it was okay. I'm bringing in the roster span.
And I think that when I talked about it the first time, I actually went back and listened to part of the talk. Um, I was talking a lot about, it was very much about uh, being okay with being broken, so-called. I think in that first talk there was still a little it was still a little dualistic. Like it's okay you're broken, but it's okay. Yeah. And now when I return to the koan now, in dialogue with Xin Xin Mei, the fan's not broken. The fan is already complete. Back in August of 2020, uh, Adrian wrote a really beautiful piece in the newsletter. She talked about Kintsugi, Kintsugi, which I think somebody re referenced earlier, which is this art of repairing broken pottery with a, with a lacquer mixed with gold or silver. It's a golden repair. So the, the fissure's not hidden but it's, it's incorporated into the whole, and it's illuminated. Is it all right if I quote one line for you? <laughs> Can we fill in the cracks with silver, gold, love, and fortitude. So the, crack, the crockery of our world is all the more beautiful for the cracks it has suffered. And this, you know, August 2020, this was the going on. And there's, I think, a promise in that sentence of a new way of relating to what we think or might imagine is our brokenness or incompleteness. And I a path to transfer, transforming that 
or realizing that is actually already whole, making that golden repair. Zen, and Laura talked about this yesterday, we, we have a, um, we have built in a technology for these golden repairs, which is confession and repentance. Uh, a way of relating to our conditioning and our karma. that takes responsibility for it, owns it, and brings it into the light. Avows it. It doesn't negate it or cut it off, or get rid of it, doesn't sever us from our history, but the confession brings it up so we can see it clearly. conditioning, wherever it is, and enter into a new relationship to it, and almost incorporate it into, into our awareness. When that habit pattern comes up again, visit would be a little different because we've gone through this process of already avowing it and the repeated application of that process gradually as Dovin says melts away the roots of the transgression I think what's what's left um, I think that process is a is a golden repair the process is illuminated and then the arising of these conditions now become a condition for awakening and uh, no longer a condition for repeating the same cycle.
So the final uh, two lines, you know, I, I, my verses that I picked were the, the last three sentences of the poem. If you can be like this, why worry about not finishing? Faith and mind are not two. Non-duality is faith and mind. The path of words is cut off. There is no past, no future, no present. And in the poem, faith and mind are not two. Non-duality is faith and mind. Those are identical characters. So it's not saying if we uh, realize non-duality, then we'll have faith, or we'll find faith, or our minds will be faithful. which wouldn't make sense. If there's not a duel, there can't be somebody that's having something. It's actually saying faith in mind is, it's a, an equation. Faith in mind is non-duality. Non-duality uh, is the embodiment of faith in mind. And I think uh, we can understand this like practice realization, as Dogen uses it. It's not like we practice and then we get realization. And then now I don't have to practice. We practice non-duality i.e. being clear about our views releasing grasp as we practice non-duality then faith and mind is there Faith is something that becomes enacted. It's not, uh, it's not a prize or, or a result of anything. It's, it, uh, it comes, it arises with the practice of non-duality, of suchness, of practicing suchness. The view comes up. We have a moment where we see it, we realize that's a view. It's limited. It's a very narrow, it's my narrow perspective. And in the moment of being clear about that, our actions move along with life now. Faith is almost extra. There's a, uh, there's a being with 
the arising of life that tastes in linguistic terms like faith or a, an embodied knowing. And we can uh, practice that with each other. In the context of a retreat, faith might show up in the collective body as a surrender to the schedule of fluid moving together. The path of words is cut off. Path, the character is, is Tao. The path of words is cut off. There is no past, no future, no present. That's that's a transmission from the non-dual side of things, for, or for non-dual. But the words are not where our allegiance needs to lie. We can move our uh, you know, we're not walking on the path of words. We use them, we play with them. But that's not where our devotion needs to lie. That's that's not where our that's not where Shin is gonna come from. So the path of words is cut off, I understand, as we're liberating those words from our from the tyranny of our imputations and our definitions. We can actually begin for the first time to play with them and have them make immediate sense. And when I read this last line in the koan, Zif, Zifu drew a circle and wrote the word rhino inside it. I understand this as a integration, uh, an acceptance of our, hum our human consciousness that has 
language and a strong inclination for dualistic thinking and in a sense that's what we have and as we begin to realize that and let go of our overlay on top of that reality then we're free to move about in the circle so we don't we're not changing anything we're not fixing anything we're just illuminating letting phenomena rise and move in awareness complete already and that is actually our offering to each other give each other that unabashed wholeness that we are can um, enact that. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.